for the first time in 20 years, I don't travel like a nut. So now my definition of home is any, any place that my laptop is, is home historically. And for the most part, I was, you know, where's Nick? Well, Nick is in Amsterdam or London or Singapore or wherever he happened to be, right? And, and so all of a sudden I'm at home. I'm like really physically at home. Now my purpose is to wake you up and have you really be home. But I'd never looked at the word home in the light of being home. Mm-hmm. And as I was actually home and sitting in that space and not being able to do all the travel and all the things that we normally do to fuel us, vacations, all these things. And you know, I hope I'm listening to some of the things that everybody else is listening to going, yeah, okay. They're all gone. And they're not coming back for a lot longer than anybody would like it to be. It's going to be a long time, right? And so what I realized was is that I needed to access my purpose in a different way. I needed control over access to my purpose. I needed to have something I could do that wasn't dependent upon whether the world was healthy or not, or whether I could get and go someplace. Because right? historically, it's like if you, know, if, you, you know, if you got really burned out, you say, okay, I need a vacation. And you call up the person and you say, okay, put me in Jamaica on a beach for two weeks. And then you come back and you're restored. Well, that's cool. Welcome to the Rebel Souls podcast, where we flip the middle finger to the status quo. I'm your host, Shelly Paxton, lifelong rebel, liberator of souls, and author of Soulbatical, a corporate rebel's guide to finding your best life. Settle in as we dive deep with badass leaders who are rebelling for what matters most in life, business, and the world at large. I'm so happy you're here. Let's get this revolution started. Hello, and welcome back to Rebel Souls. How are you, my friends? It's good to be here in this cozy little space with you. Thank you for tuning in whatever you are doing. And I'm so grateful. I love this growing community. And thank you guys for your reviews and your feedback. Keep telling me, what do you love? What's resonating with you? Because we've got a whole other year of stuff coming up. We're already, I'm already recording into 2021, you guys. So this is fun. And I want to make sure that I'm honing in on the kind of topics and guests that are lightening your soul on fire and really inspiring the rebel in you, inspiring, you know, you to continue to have the impact you want to have and make a difference and live your purpose, which conveniently enough is the conversation we're going to have today. As those of you who know me well, who know me at all, know that purpose is one of my things. It is a part of Soulbatical. It's a key ingredient. I talk about Soulbatical being all about living and leading from authenticity and courage and purpose from those places. And so I went on a deep dive in understanding purpose and what does it mean and what is mine. And so those of you who've read the book, you know that there's a whole section of the book entitled Purpose that talks about my journey and how I think about purpose and what I see is some of the myths of purpose. And one of the people that I talk about in that section is a gentleman named Nick Craig, who is the guest today. And it was a really fun conversation. He feels like an old friend. He's somebody who I only recently met because I found out that he was recommending my book. 
And I hadn't even had a chance to reach out and share my gratitude for his work in the world that inspired me. And so if you don't know of Nick, you're in for a big treat. Nick's been doing purpose work for about the last 15 years. In my mind, he's one of the pioneers in this space and certainly in the corporate world, helping leaders to understand their purpose, which then impacts their work and helps the company to understand purpose and, you know, really helping senior leaders. I mean, I love the way he says this. He says, you know, he realized and what brought him on this journey, he had some wake up moments, but what brought him on this journey was this, this this recognition or this realization that what senior leaders needed most was to access their deeper wisdom in challenging times. The only certainty is what is inside of us. And so we talk about that. We talk about... Oh, so many, so many juicy things. I'll tell you that in just a second, but I want to give you a flavor for who Nick is. I mean, Nick spent a quarter of a century and oh, I hate when people say that about me. I can't believe I just said that about somebody else. 25 years in leadership consulting and had a coaching career and has man, played with some some big names and some big brands from Unilever to Shell to ING Bank to Lego and Ben and & Jerry's and, and you name it, many, many brands that you'd recognize globally. And he's been really helping leaders from these companies go on their own journey to understand their purpose. And I love that he's been at the tip of the spear of this work long before anybody was talking about this kind of work. And now here we are in 2020, and more and more people are talking about this work, especially in the midst of you know, this COVID pandemic turning our lives inside out and upside down and you know, redefining what work means. And all of that purpose has become more important than ever ever. It's like the antidote to uncertainty. And so Nick is in demand. And so it was really fun to have this conversation with him. And we briefly mentioned this in the conversation, but he's the author of a book called Leading from Purpose and the co-author of a Harvard Business School, or sorry, a Harvard Business Review article called Purpose to Impact. He's actually done a lot of work with Harvard Business School and was the co-author with a Harvard Business School professor of a book called Finding Your True North, A Personal Guide. He's also done work with Wharton. I mean, these are right. I don't even need to say this, right? These are the like creme de la creme of thought leadership and, and business schools. And so he's done work with Wharton's advanced management program. So suffice it to say that Nick has a lot of traction in the work that he's doing around purpose. And this was fun for so many reasons. One, because you know I talk about him and the work that he does as part of his core leadership institute. And he talks a little bit about that in the conversation. But we really dig into purpose and understand like what does it mean and where does it live? How can we access it? And how do we know when we got there? And why we need to understand it and live into it more than ever, which has hint, hint, a little something to do with that certainty thing that I just mentioned and the fact that we're in, you know, grand times of uncertainty. And this is a calling for us to, to really get clear on our essence and, and our truth and our purpose. And in a surprising turn, 
This is actually my favorite part of the conversation. I hope you guys get something out of it, or at least maybe a negative truth for yourself. Nick turned the tables on me, and we dive into the articulation of my purpose based on a magical childhood moment that I shared with him. And my kind of what lit me up about that moment. And it turned into this articulation that even as I'm telling you guys a story, because I'm not going to spoil the surprise, I have had to tow goosebumps. And I realized that I've been talking a lot about my mission in the world, my mission to liberate a billion souls, which, you know, well, I think every one of you has heard me say on many occasions, and that lights me up. And what I hadn't really thought about is that the purpose is more of the, the like the how, how I'm showing up in the world. And Nick gets at that in a way that just, I mean, I was like giddy. And my face hurt from smiling. And I felt like it was a visceral reaction to, to this language that we got to. So I won't, I won't tell you guys anymore. But I love that because it, 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 magical childhood memories is like one of the portals, one of the access points for a purpose. And we talk about the other two from his perspective and examples of each one of those. So you'll sort of hear about others, including Nick, you know, uncovering and discovering what, what their purpose is, how he reminds himself of his every day and, and you know, just a reminder to live by it. And then we explore some things that are so important to me. And I know to you guys as well, because they're they're these common bonds that we have. So the, the relationship or the correlation between purpose and authenticity, you know, the relationship between purpose and fulfillment, deep fulfillment. So... The only word I can think of to describe this conversation is JUICY in all caps. And I know that was a bit of a long intro, but I just kind of spoke from the soul and let that come through me. And I think this is really exciting, you guys. This is one where do as my as my friend and business partner for Soulbatical for Business, Lori, says... One thing at a time, hashtag OTAT, O-T-A-A-T. This is one that you are not going to want to multitask while listening. So yes to walking and listening. Yes to driving and listening. But no to just having it on as noise in the background. Because you're going to want to sink in and there are going to be nuggets of wisdom that I hope inspire your purpose or maybe evolve your purpose if you're already pretty clear on what it is. We talk about how purpose is also an ever-evolving living thing. So there we go. Now let's dive into my conversation with Nick Craig. Enjoy. Before we begin, I want to share an offering from my soul to yours. If you've achieved traditional success only to realize that you're living someone else's dream, then this will start you on a profound journey toward becoming chief soul officer of your own life, just like I did. I'm gifting you a free chapter from my book, Soulbatical, A Corporate Rebel's Guide to Finding Your Best Life. It's called Liberating from the Shackles of Should. And if you're ready to, then visit soulbatical.com to download it for free. That's S-O-U-L-B-B-A-T-I-C-A-L.com. Warning, side effects include intense joy and fulfillment. 
Hey, welcome. We're going to dive right into my conversation with Nick Craig. Nick, you feel like an old friend and a new friend all at the same time. Welcome to the show. I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, this is good. This is, I think, officially our second conversation. But like, even before I met you, you felt like an old soul, a familiar friend. And I think it's because we have this deep connection around purpose, which is very soulful. Yes. Yeah. So I'm excited to dive into that a little bit more deeply. Happy to go there with you. Awesome. Let's do it. So I start every conversation with the now infamous question, what are you rebelling for? I think it's a great question because I think the interesting thing about rebelling is that you have to have passion to rebel. Okay. You don't rebel about things you don't care about. So in some sense, what do I really care about? What I really care about is people really stepping into the deeper purpose of who they are and, and living and leading from that place. And in some ways, the biggest challenge we have is everybody as much as we hate the authorities, everybody wants a great boss. But what they really want is somebody who's an authority to see how wonderful they are and then give them the golden keys to everything that they've always wanted. And the challenge with that is, is if they get that, they never actually have to author their life. Somebody hmm. else does it for them. So in some sense, what I'm rebelling for is for all of us to truly finally be the authority of ourselves and to author our life by living from our purpose. How's that sound? Sign me up. (laughs) You got signed up a long time ago. I did get signed up a long time ago. I was just, I'm laughing because for anybody who's listening to this and not watching you and I on video, it's like my face literally hurts from smiling from ear to ear as you were just saying all that. So I know you were watching that and maybe a few other people were as well, but that is one of the things that I love about you and why I feel like we are such kindred souls because we speak the same language. And just in the beautiful way that you just articulated that, that purpose is actually this deeper wisdom inside of us. Purpose is letting go of these shoulds. I mean, yeah, I'm joking, sign me up because I think so much of this is what I wrote about in my book. You know, there's, right? And you and I talk about like, we instantaneously were like, wow, we're going at the same thing. Like our work in the world is so similar. We may be calling it something different. We're using slightly different language, but the intersection is deep and it's powerful. So yes, I love the way you just described that. And I, it feels more important than ever as we're sitting in this time of great uncertainty. Are you, are you finding that more people are reaching out to you saying, help, we need that inner wisdom? Yeah, look, I think the truth is that we've all historically lived in a world in which the authorities actually, we believed, had a clue. And we could trust them. And then we could sort of hope that they took care of us. And we just hope that they would see us and we would get an Oscar someday, right? In some sense, that's the ultimate version of what the authorities do if it works out well, is that you do a great job, you get the Oscar, and you get to go on stage, right? And the challenge we have today is, is that nobody looks at any of the authorities and goes, oh, those people should be deciding who actually gets the award. Everybody goes, really? So I think in some ways, we're all discovering the fact or beginning to own the fact that we need to author our own journey. And in some sense, the word authentic has at its core the word author. So does the author, authorities has author at its core. And if you think of that, on the other side of that coin is purpose, because purpose is that unique gift that you are and what you bring. And when you know that, then by the nature of the beast, you are naturally 
being the author as opposed to one of the characters on the stage, right? Mm. So as we know, sometimes at the end of the movie, the character that you thought you really liked is the one that doesn't make it. Like, okay, I don't think I want to be that one, right? So we are now in a place where I think we all have to begin to truly own it because I don't know about you, but anytime I open the, the New York Times, I mean, it just scares me. Yeah, scares the hell out of me. In fact, I just yeah, I am I'm like I I try to keep my media consumption to a minimum if I'm honest. Right? New York Times is one of the few that I let slip through the cracks, but yeah, anyway, we could go down a total rabbit hole with that with that conversation. I love what you're saying about so it's really like rebelling for this idea of understanding, owning and living our purpose. And we do that by, by, you know, being the authors of our own lives. What's funny is that you know, a lot of people, when you hear that, they go, well, yeah, but I don't want to have to give up my job and my, my family. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. It's usually the opposite. Usually when you do that, what you realize is you've never actually been 100% in the game. And if you were, you would really show up. And it isn't about changing your job or any of those, but it's about really showing up. So I had a friend of mine I was just on a call with. He's in his 70s. He said, you know, about five years ago, I realized that I was really great at being intimate and giving everybody who was my clients my gift. But the people I really couldn't be able to share my deepest things with and be vulnerable with was my two girls. Mm. And they're in their 40s now. He said, you know, I realized that's what I needed to work on. And I was like, whoa, now that's truly doing the work. That's juicy, yes. So, you know, what what does it look like to do it with the people that it's not so easy to do it with, not the ones that it's easy to do it with? That's purpose. Purpose is not going to say, oh, this is supposed to be fun and easy. Purpose is going to say, that's fun and easy over there. Now let's go over here because this is where we need to go. Now, you and I wrote a book. Both of us wrote books. And we both know that the process of writing a book is both joyous and terrifying and painful all at the same time. And at the end of it, you go, if I knew now and I Beyond what I know now, I don't think I'd ever do this. That's that's what purpose will do. Purpose doesn't care, right? It's going to say, it says, come on, girl, let's go. Yeah. Purpose is like a siren song, right? It is. It's And, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I resisted for three years writing my book, Leading for Purpose. And at some point, my purpose said, listen, you can resist for as long as you want, but I'm not going away until you get to the other side of this. And I'm not going to, actually, not that I'm going away. I'm not going to, I'm not if you want me to stop yelling at you, you should probably just finish this thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I got to yeah. do it. So I don't want anyone to believe that there's no la-la land on the authorship side, but there is the gift of actually being able to know that you actually wrote it, whatever it happens to be in your life. And a book is a metaphor. Yeah. A book is a metaphor. That's a beautiful, it's a beautiful way to think about it. And so I want to unpack this because there's so much richness in even how you define purpose. And I want to, I want to share, I want, would love for you to share your journey. What led you? Cause you talk about these crucible moments that we all have, and you have a story of your own that led you to start unpacking your own purpose and living this calling that is isn't going to leave you alone. It's going to keep nudging you, right? So can you share a little bit of that background with us as a way to start unpacking purpose? Yeah. So, you know, I def- the definition I have, and there's multiple ways that people look at this, but for me, my way of experiencing it with many of the people I've worked with is that 
Your purpose is that is the unique gift that you bring to the world and to yourself. Now, what does that really mean? Well, two of us can write a book on the same topic, but it will never be the same book. Okay. There's something unique about each of us. And our conversation is not going to look like any other conversation I've ever had with anyone else because it's you and me together. And what we create is, is something that will be unique. And I believe that for all of us, that is the case, but most of us don't know what it is. And if you don't know what it is, what you do is you copy everybody else. And then you still wonder why it doesn't feel like it fits. It's like wearing somebody else's clothes. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is, is there's a, there's a, there's an outfit that is only designed for you. And if you own it and you wear it, then you can truly bring it to the world in a powerful way. Not to say that it's not always there, but it's just not fully utilized. And that's in some sense, the tension here is purpose isn't something that you acquire. Purpose is something that you deepen your connection with and you never stop. So I was thinking about, I've got a lot of examples and places where I've been challenged and where purpose has shown up. But the, the one I've been going to recently has to do with when purpose first really showed up in my life. Mm, yeah, let's go there. Now, here's the funny thing about this particular story is I didn't remember this story until about two or three years ago when I started really looking at my whole life and looking at all the, and sort of saying, so so when, when did this actually show up, right? How long has this been around? So purpose really showed up for me when I was about 15 years old, okay? So at the age of 15, I was a nerdy kid that was scared of his own shadow. And we moved from Atlanta to Charleston, South Carolina in 1977, 75, 75, whatever, okay? And probably the worst school system in the United States, I mean, we moved in March. Okay. Now, as a, anybody who's listening who has teenage kids moving in the middle of the school year is the thing you, you would never do. You can't move. So that's a bigger, not a problem, but, you know, just awful. And I was totally lost. But my parents moved from a nice house into a basement apartment overlooking a swamp. Their relationship was in the worst it was ever. So it was awful to be at home. It was awful to be at school. It was awful to be 15. It was just, everything was awful. So I remember going on a bike one day and I rode down to this bookstore and I sat down in front of these books and I was looking for inspiration and I happened to pick this section that had a bunch of famous people. It was, you know, biographies of famous people. And one of them was Evan Lincoln. And you know, you just randomly open a book and you sort of see, you know, would you like to read it? And so I picked the part where his mother dies and he's nine years old and I'm like, okay, this is not helping me. <laughs> okay. And so I... Look, pull this other book. There's this guy, Winston Churchill, and at 15, I sort of had a clue, but not a real clue as to who he was. But I was like, okay. and I open it, and it's in the 1930s, and he's the political pariah that nobody wants to touch, and he's miserable. I'm like, okay, well, this is. I look at this book, and it's got this weird-looking guy, and it's Gandhi, right? So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, all of these are people that somebody had told me about, and I was like, okay. Well, it turns out he's getting off the boat in South Africa for his first second trip. And a mob is about to lynch him. And I'm going, okay. So out of desperation, I turn around and I pull a book off the shelf. And it's called a book called The Third Eye, which is about levitating Tibetan monks. So I'm like, this has got to be good. Chapter is on their daily regimen of getting up at three in the morning and all the terrible things they had to do and all that. And I'm like, I put it down and I'm sitting here. And I'm just like, okay. And this, whatever happened, it's like came over me. And in that moment, I said, you know, 
all of these people have lived through a life much worse than mine. And they all did amazing things. So what that says is that it's possible for anybody to do amazing things. So I would say that's the first time that purpose knocked on my door and said, no, 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 come here. We got something more interesting for you to do. And it shifted my internal story about the world. Now, my life didn't change much in the short term. In the long term, my life changed dramatically. And the journey I went on looked very different than it would have looked at. And I kept saying, that's, I kept saying, you know what? The gift of who everybody is, is there. And if we could release it, then that's really what's, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. And it took me till the age of about 45 before I was actually doing it. Mm-hmm. I did for a living. Of course, nobody was wanting to pay me to do it. You know, I'm, you know, I'm 15 years ago. Oh, you know, would you like to sign up for a program on purpose? People would be like, does it come with toilet paper? You know, what is this thing? What are you talking about? So it's funny to be in the world now where all of a sudden everybody, everybody's talking about purpose. And I'm like, oh, where were you guys, fit to, you know? Yeah, you've been a pioneer in this space. You absolutely have. I mean, this is one for anybody who doesn't know, I referenced Nick and his work in my book because as I've gotten deeper into purpose, understanding my own and realizing that it's part of my work, I was looking for like, who's out there talking about this? Who's making sense on this topic and really truly coming from a place that I can relate to? And you popped to the top as I started digging deeper and watching some of your videos and So it's, I have a lot of respect for the fact that you've been at the tip of the spear and people are only just now kind of coming around to, okay, give me a little bit more of the medicine. Yeah. Well, it's just this way. I didn't choose it. It chose me. Yeah. Does is it just puts you in places where you, you would not go if you were a normal person. Well, okay, let's let's talk about this because I want to get deeper into the work that you do and, and because it did influence me and it had a big impact on how I started thinking about purpose as part of my work. And, and maybe part of that is because when you speak about it, like I relate to the language that you use and I relate to the approach. I mean, you've already said one of the things like a belief that we share, I say it in my language that, you know, purpose isn't a script in your head. It's the story in your soul. And you said your own version of that. You're like, I want to help people. Well, not I want to. You help people get reconnected with that story in their soul, kind of that essence. And so I guess I would love to start by understanding, like, how do you articulate your own purpose? What, it, what, how do you articulate that? And then, How do you take others on that journey? Because I feel like this is, you know, from my own experience with clients and just out in the world, this is one of those questions that really stresses people out. It's overwhelming and super intimidating to talk about purpose. Maybe I'm the only person that doesn't have a purpose. (laughs) Exactly. But you know, you probably hear it more than I do. It's just like, oh my God. Because they were like, then they go, oh my God, thank God I had one. Because I was afraid I was going to be the only, the only person ever that doesn't have one. And like, what would happen? You know, it's like, you would explode. Oh my God. Uh, so your question is, what's the journey? How do we? Well, the, my first question is, how do you articulate your own purpose? And then, yeah, how take us on a journey. So I want to take you on a journey with you. But at the same time, I also want to reinforce what you just said, because I think it was about the story inside of you. And I just reinforce that. This is why you and I like doing this is because we really are sort of like twin sisters. 
we're brothers and sisters from another mother is probably what the problem is, right? Love it. So here's the thing. There's a lot of energy out these days and you can go do software applications and whatever it is where it will come up with a purpose statement for you. And the challenge is, is the purpose statement isn't a purpose. It has nothing to do with purpose. So think of this. If you think of a title to a movie, I just recently rewatched Gone with the Wind, which I hadn't watched for like 40 oh, years. Oh, wow. I haven't either. Not for a long time. But you think of Pulp Fiction, Gone with the Wind, Forrest Gump. Okay. If I mention any of these, most of us, these words by themselves have no meaning. Okay. 30 years ago, if I said to you the word Forrest Gump, you'd go, who? Now you think of Tom Hanks and it's like this whole image that comes along with it. If you think of Gone with the Wind, you think of Scarlet, I don't give a damn. It's like, it's right there. But what's interesting is, is that the... The title of the movie isn't the movie, but without the title, you don't access the movie. So what purpose, when we think of purpose statements, and I'll tell you mine in a second, is that it's a set of words, but the movie that it helps access is my unique gift. And it's the story and it's the movie that matters. And if you're in the story of the movie, who cares what the words are, right? So my way I word my purposes is, my purpose is to wake you up, Shelley, to truly wake you up, and have you finally, finally be home. Oh, that lands. You, I've heard you say on multiple occasions, and this is another thing I really relate to in who you be and how you express yourself and your work in the world. You talk about the fact that purpose is visceral. And I think about the experience I just had, like receiving those words and, and you know, understanding your work in the world. I'm like, yeah. And I think about when I've gotten clients to that place where it's just like that sigh or that smile or that silence. It's like, oh, I'm home. Like, I feel that. It's beautiful. Well, and what's interesting is that if it's, see, I think purpose, we go at it from an intellectual place, but there's nothing intellectual about purpose. Nothing. Let's just put a very fine point on that. But I think it's been intellectualized over time, which is why it's become this like overwhelming monster in some cases, right? That haunts people. You know, listen, I think what people want is something that's heartfelt, it's in their soul. And I think if I look at the journey you've been on and the journey that you are on now, there's a lot of good reasons why you should have stayed at Harley Davidson and just stayed and just aired it out. But you didn't. Because you know what? Heart and soul doesn't like sort of sort of sort of says to the head, you know, that's really not we've not we've decided that's not the door we're going in anymore. So here's where we're gonna go. And then yeah. it's a while for the head to catch up. Yeah. Well, and also to the point that you made earlier, it's like, and they kept like it was like I always say your soul whispers to you and then it shouts and then it whacks you with a two by four. Cause it's like, well, if you're not gonna listen, and that's where my book starts. My crucible moment was having this recurring nightmare because it's like we are not gonna leave you alone until you pay attention. Welcome to purpose. You know, if you want to know purpose, it's what's kicking your butt is probably purpose. Mm, that's such a good way to say it. That thing that's nudging you, niggling you, kicking your ass, whacking you with the two by four. Pay attention, guys. This is it. Yeah, I, there's a there's a world out there that wants purpose to be you like it, you're good at it, you make a lot of money at it, and you become famous. And I go, you know, all the people that have those things have no purpose. You see them in the checkout counter at the grocery store on the cover of whatever stupid magazine you know, coming out of rehab or whatever it is. And you're like, oh, okay, hello. You know, if we give it all to you and you have it all and then it gets taken away, then you don't have anything. 
Oh my God. You've just connected. Like I, you've probably heard me use this language, but I always say what I was feeling when I was at Harley Davidson, and this is less about Harley Davidson and more of me not living my truth was that I felt success empty, not successful. You just described that. Because it's like, yeah, it looks like we have everything on the outside and it's polished and it's sexy and it's perfect in quotes, right? But it's not fulfilling. And I think you relate purpose to fulfillment, which is really beautiful because that's how I think about it as well. Yeah, so I, look, I'm always humbled when I look at what people have done in their lives and how they have pulled off some things that I, don't, can't, I couldn't think of how I would pull them off. But then when I hear out their purpose statement is when we finally figured out, I go, oh, God, that makes complete sense. Okay. So I think the gift of purpose is you will never fully know it. You will always be discovering a deeper, fuller, richer version of it. A goal you achieve, a purpose is going to always be whispering and saying, that's good. Now, come follow me. Yeah. And it does. I I believe it's always evolving too, right? That's what I, in my book, I wrote the four myths of purpose that maybe later we'll go through because I'm really curious about your response, but you just addressed one of them. It's like, I believe it's always sort of growing and changing. It might not be fundamentally shifting direction, but I do believe it's evolving as we evolve as humans. Do you believe that? Look, my, I'm going to tell you a really funny story. This is about fixing a toilet. All right, good. This is going to spice things up, Nick. I like this. We're going to talk about pooping and toilets now and purpose, pooping, toilets, and purpose. These are two things I have never put together, but you you got me. I got like the hooks in my mouth. Okay. So I've, I've been doing this for about 15 years. I've worked with probably 20,000 leaders. So I probably know purpose about as much as anybody. I've written Harvard Business Review articles, books, and everything else. And then all this COVID stuff happens, right? So for the first time in 20 years, I don't travel like a nut. So now my definition of home is any, any place that my laptop is, is home, historically. And for the most part, I was, you know, where's Nick? Well, Nick is in Amsterdam or London or Singapore or wherever he happened to be, right? And, and so all of a sudden, I'm at home. I'm like really physically at home. Now, my purpose is to wake you up and have you really be home. But I'd never looked at the word home in the light of being home. Mm-hmm. And as I was actually home and sitting in that space... And not being able to do all the travel and all the things that we normally do to fuel us, vacations, all these things. And you know, I hope I'm listening to some of the things that everybody else is listening to going, yeah, okay. They're all gone. And they're not coming back for a lot longer than anybody would like it to be. It's going to be a long time, right? And so what I realized was is that I needed to access my purpose in a different way. I needed control over access to my purpose. I needed to have something I could do that wasn't dependent upon whether the world was healthy or not. Or whether I could get up and go someplace, right? Because historically, it's like if you know, if you, you know, if you got really burnt out, you say, "Okay, I need a vacation," and you call up the person and you say, "Okay, put me in Jamaica on a beach for two weeks," and then you come back and you're restored. Well, that's gone. Cool. So, what does this new purpose expression of purpose, I mean, look like? Yeah, what my purpose is is to wake you up and have you really be home. One of the things I had to do is to wake myself up and to be really finally physically in my home. Okay, now. One of the most satisfying things I did was cleaning out one of the garages with 20 years worth of crap and dust and dead mice and all the other stuff, whatever. And at the end, I was like, well, you know, this is actually energizing. I feel like I'm living my purpose in this weird way. And then my wife says, well, if you think that's living your purpose, fix the toilet. And I'm like, what are you wrong? Well, it was leaking. I'd never fixed the toilet. And, you know, you 
on YouTube and you can find all kinds of things that. Oh yeah. It always makes it looks easy. And in reality, when you try to do it, you're like, this is not the YouTube video I saw. So it took me three, three, three times of ordering things on Amazon to get the right piece so I could fix the toilet so it wasn't leaking. So now when I go poop on the toilet, I feel so much better than I have ever felt because I fixed it. It's a sense of satisfaction. I made this happen. Think about this. You know, my purpose is to wake you up and have you really be home. And now I'm like, oh, okay. Now I really get it in a whole different way. Now, the point of saying the story is, 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 is partially because it's just kind of funny. But the other part is to say, look, I think that the, the movie that is your purpose is so rich and so deep that it will take your life to explore all the different aspects of it that you will all, never be bored. And there will always, and no matter what's going on, there's an opportunity to deepen what is that connection. And for me, of all things, it looks like fixing the stupid toilet. Yeah, there's another dimension of that that struck me as you were telling that story that, you know, there's, I can think of how this applies to me and maybe it'll trigger something or it shouldn't say trigger. I don't like that word so much, but maybe it'll spark something with our fellow rebel souls. So what struck me when you said your purpose is to wake people up and welcome them home, and then you're thinking about what that means for yourself, it's both in your physical home and in your like the 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 home you live, the structure you live in and spending more time there, and in your body home. Because honestly, I mean, you know, I talk about this in my work. So many of us are kind of running away from what's happening here. We spend a lot of time, yeah, like, he, yeah, here, literally in our in our hearts and our souls, right? And we spend a lot of time in our heads and trying to escape. So that travel and all of that activity and all of that is also kind of an addiction. It's busyness that helps us numb and escape these things. The welcoming home is also sitting quietly and listening deeply and not looking for distraction. And so there's a beautiful dimension of that in what you just said. So, so yeah, so I, look, I, you know, one of your questions earlier was, is how do we help people figure this thing out? Yeah, let's talk about that. What we, I have the opportunity of doing is having a bunch, bunch of wonderful gifted people who work with me, who we get to do this all over the planet. And fundamentally, it's a journey that it's about two physical days or four virtual half days or whatever you want to call it, but it's a journey. And you do it with a group of about six people. And what you do is you tell a lot of stories about the journey of your life. And it's the challenging experiences. It's the proudest moments. It's the magical moments when you were a kid. It's the who you fell in love with first and first kiss. Mm -hmm. It's the all those stories. And they're all the stories that most of us never visit because we're so focused on the next thing that we never go back to really we look at what is the journey that we've been on. And as we look at that journey, what happens at some point is that we sit down and we start to look at the pattern and we sort of say, you know, Shelly, there's always a polar bear somewhere in your story. What is that all about? <laughs> and I just had a woman send me an email. Said her purpose is to be the polar bear mama. Oh, wow. And she, I, she has this whole description that goes along with it. And I'm like, wow, I want to, I want you as, I'm going to work with this. And she's in the legal department. Oh, I love that. So all I'm saying is, is that, you know, as we work on these things with people, what happens is that those of us witnessing them can see the pattern that they can't see. Yeah. 
I want to put a finer point on what, because one of the things that I always like every time I come in contact with you and your work, I always write down those three things because those three access points, I mean, for anybody who's listening to this going, yeah, I'm still really haven't found that thing that is visceral, that lights me up, that gives me that energy and is kind of becomes my GPS in life that all of that. So you just said, you know, three access points are your most challenging life stories. This was when I, when I was 15, that was my most, you know, it's like purpose showed up. It was like, oh my gosh, if I don't show up by now, he's going to turn into a toad. So let's let her show yeah, up. Yeah, that. And then the other thing you says childhood magical moments. And I've seen you do some work around that. In fact, I think that's one of the stories that I highlighted in, in my book. So those magical moments that we, we just forget about, or we dismiss, or they're kind of dusty on a, on a, you know, a, a shelf somewhere in our, on our, in our brain, and then the third is passion, right? Is it the the passion that kind of feeds that deeper part of who we are? Well, usually it's it's a passion we've had in our life that has a deep resonance for us. So I know a number of people who, when they were teenagers growing up, horses had a magical experience for them. And their riding of horses transcended their relationship to themselves and sort of was what kept them sane as they went from teenager to adult. And in some ways they didn't stay riding the horse. But at some level for them, that experience of them and that metaphor just described how they actually are in the world. And so they have something that has that kind of, of a connection for them. Or, you know, I've had people who played football or baseball. I had one, you know, and they have this image of themselves, you know, at the last minute of the last game and, you know, what they do. And then like they just, and it represents how they are in the world. It's like the tenacity of who they are. So it's one of the, all of these are my experience of all purpose statements is their set of words, but they need to connect to an experience that we've had in our life that is visceral. And whether it is a, a passion or a challenging moment and what sort of helps helped us rebuild ourselves, or it's that magical moment where that curious kid inside of you was just fully alive. All of those are different ways of accessing the thread. And one of them is a title, a set of words that best helps us have a shit-eating grin on our face when we say it, because it just gets us back to the movie. And it's the part of the movie that's our favorite part of the movie. You know, if I look at Pulp Fiction, I obviously always think of Harvey Keitel as the fixer. And it's like, it's like, I'm right there. It's like, and that's what partially my thing is, is I, I'll, you know, it's like, it's like, I'm always going to fix it. It's like, no matter how bad it is, I'm like, okay, so here's what you got to do. Yeah. I love these little prompts though, because you, one of the reasons I was just, just like beaming as you were saying that is I just got done with a nine day, I was on the leadership team of a nine day coaching intensive. And as part of the leadership team, we were doing some deep work and, and the deep work was kind of around reconnecting with our little ones, with our, you know, the child inside. And one of the things that came up for me and what became my mantra that I started to play with in this, in this intensive is play sets me free, right? Yeah. It was like reconnecting with who I was when I was like nine, 10, 11, like roller skating to Olivia Newton-John with my sister in our unfinished basement. Yes. I totally dated myself and I love that you went there with me. In Greece, my wife. I, I, for whatever reason, she, she was like, I was like, I just got in the Disney channel and I was like, 
you know, I haven't seen this movie in ages. She's like, do you know that's my favorite movie ever? I'm like, no. And oh my gosh, she was singing all the songs and I just was laughing so hard. So yeah. I love it. I love it. So yeah, but it was that that reconnection with that memory. So just to pick up on that whole magical moments, I don't think we give ourselves the time and the space to even reconnect with those memories and to just and to sit with them and to understand what some of the lessons are in them. And when I thought about play sets me free and I spent some time with that, I realized like I kind of lost the play part of my business and having fun in the work that I'm doing and in the coaching that I'm doing and, and really embracing the playful aspect of me and who I am in the world. And I suddenly it was like the shackles are off and I'm going to have fun again. Oh, you'd be dangerous. Oh my gosh. So show me, what's your purpose? I knew you were going to turn the tables on me at some point because you're going to call this a mission, but I'm excited to dive into this with you. I always say my purpose is that I, I to liberate a billion souls. and But I really call that my, my mission. My mission is to really help re- reconnect people with their authenticity, courage, and purpose, in essence, the journey that I've been on. But I'm really curious to have you help me think through this. Well, here's the thing. I think that what you've described is powerful. It's an expression of purpose. But how you go about awakening all those billion souls will be different than someone else. And that's, for me, what your purpose would be. Mm. Rebel thing is probably a wonderful metaphor I think I see, you know, if I think of you as a kid, I think of this little energetic kid who really is going to take no for an answer and who's going to sing and it's going to be very loud and you better love it because you're not stopping, right? And I'm always going to do it my way. Yeah. There's going to be a level of that sort of piece. And so, you know, you sort of say, you know, you, you know, there's this, so there's a, how you go about that journey is for me, what the purpose is your purpose is, right? And I think of that kid li- listening to that. Uh, Olivia Newton-John song, right? And I'm like, okay, that's the energy I want to access. What was the song that you were listening to? Xanadu. Maybe that's your purpose is to be the rebellious Xanadu that changes the world. Okay, I got to write this down. Rebellious Xanadu. But all I'm saying is it's all accesses. And I think for anybody listening, you know, the point is, is if you start thinking about your stories of you when you were a kid and the things that you were... And if it makes you smile, that's the right place to be. Well, there's a really beautiful idea. It's funny. I'm, I was just traveling back to this initial conversation around play sets me free and this these memories of roller skating with my sister in the basement. And I do remember saying something around... I want to help people create their Xanadu because the Xanadu is authoring that life. It's authoring what brings us happiness and fulfillment. That rebellious Xanadu is really brilliant. Okay, and if anybody's watching this video, she's got this headset on that makes looks at like, and she's got a bracelet on. Put on, show the show me the bracelet. That's my Wonder Woman cuff. She is the woman from Xanadu. Oh God, that's hilarious. Seriously, I mean, so you know, we could be in Star Wars in a heartbeat, girl. I love it. You know, there's that that energy that each of us has. And I think what we're tapping into is yours. And for anybody listening, the curious kid inside of you is we put them in the trunk for safekeeping and then we forgot them. And they deserve to be in the front seat, even though there's no airbag. And I don't care. But they deserve to really be. And, you know, do you want a leader who's serious and got it all figured out? Or you want somebody who's got the curious kid available? I tell you what, I want the curious kid, right? Especially in these days. 
when all the rules are broken, whatever you've done in the past isn't going to help you. Would you want the curious kid or you want the, the Harvard Business School? Curious kid all day long because the curious kid's going to be the unconventional thinking. The curious kid's going to be imaginative and creative and make it up. And this is what we need more of in the world. Well, let's just say it's the only thing that you got left because the rest of it is pretty much not working anymore. So the curiosity needs to show. But this is, but here's, you know, this is the place that purpose resides. This is what purpose feels like is the Xanadu journey. That's brilliant. I love that you took me there because I was curious. I, I was I was curious if you would would take me on that journey. And I was like, I don't know where this is gonna go, but you know me. I'm I'm always I'm always willing and able. And I felt that back to the visceral comment. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I want people to create, like I'm inspiring them and modeling how to create your Xanadu and do it in an effing rebellious way. Okay, you've just said your purpose. Now, see, that. So here's the thing. You just stepped into it, and everybody listening knows that feels great. And everybody's like, I don't care where she's going, but I'm going with her. That's what, this is, that's what purpose feels like. Just like when Harry met Sally, it's like, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> well, but that's it. Because as you said that, as you said that, it's like everybody listening, I hope, it's like if you're like me, you go, oh, my God, that feels really great. I'm like... I want to be at that party. Yeah. Leading's about, leading's about having, go, going someplace no one's ever gone before, but everybody wants to go there with you. That's powerful. Yeah. Well, that's, so how do you describe the benefits of, okay, so now it's like, I'm, I feel reconnected with my purpose. You've taken out tens of thousands of leaders on this journey. I know, but let's go back to what you said. Say it again. Oh, I'm not good at repeating myself. What did I say? You said something about being the one who takes people to Xanadu, yes? Oh, oh, you mean repeat my purpose. Sorry, I thought you meant repeat the question. I want to inspire people to create their Xanadu. It's got a particular flavor to it. And then there's a rebellious part. Oh, and and effing do it in their own rebellious way. I forgot the second half. Okay, see, you just showed up. Yeah, I feel it. There's an energy shift when I say that. So there's an energetic component to this. Write this down. Of course, we've got it recorded, so you have it forever. But I think that really captures the essence of the beautiful, unique expression that you bring. And to own that fully is is fabulous. And in some sense, everybody deserves the right to know what theirs is. But just sitting in it for a second is like, ooh, this just feels great. It does. It feels as cozy as this little, you know, furry vest that I have on. It's like, yeah, it feels the clothes fit. To go back to what you said earlier, the clothes fit. It feels great. But more importantly, I feel it from the inside out. And that's consistent with what you said early on. It's definitely consistent with how I express it, but it's a feeling from the inside out. It's not, and it's in my body, not in my head. Beautiful. Yes, exactly. So, what next? What next? Okay, so I would love for you to share another example. I mean, part of what I love about your book and your work, I know you have zillions of examples of taking others on this journey. And for those people who are listening and who just experienced me going, oh, shit, that's it. I feel it. It's it's lit me up from the inside out, but are still struggling with what theirs is. Maybe one more example of someone else that you've taken on this journey. Yeah, I'm just thinking of what the different 
because yours really gets to that magical moment in childhood. So we're we're like that's your pivot. That's your place of uh, stepping into the gift and the mastery. Mine is was more about a challenging scenario where purpose didn't show up. I wasn't going to probably be having much of anything that I was going to be doing that would be worth doing. So that's the challenging thing. And then, you know, the passion, one of the stories I've been able to tell a hundred times that we, we had this guy in a program and it was like nothing was working and we're trying to figure this out. And at some point we stumble on the fact that when he's not a marketing guy, what he, what he spends his evenings and weekends doing is playing the violin, which I go, well, that's kind of weird. He plays the violin. I said, well, why do you play the violin? She says, because it probably is what I really should be doing. Most mm. of this marketing stuff. I says, well, what do you mean by that? He says, well, I spent most of my childhood growing up playing the violin and I got really good. I said, well, how good you get? He says, well, yeah, I won an international competition at the age of like 18 in Vienna. And I'm like, oh, shit. And, you know, my dream was to become a, lead violinist in like the Berlin or, Phil, or the Viennese or the London. And I'm like, oh, that's impressive. So, so I go, what happened? Why are you selling? Why are you marketing deodorant? <laughs> how do we go from, how do we go from that to this? I'm like, I'm confused. And he's like, I know I'm confused too. He says, well, what happened? He says, well, you know, you fall in love, you get married, you have kids and you have bills. And, you know, violinists don't make any money. So I had to make a choice. I had to make a choice. I could either stay doing the violin and poor, or I could go get back to school and do something where I could make some money. And I decided I loved my wife and my kids and I, I needed to give them what they needed, they deserved to have. But what's interesting is, is that when I looked at his 360 and all the people around him, he, he'd made it to the top of the pile of what people can become in marketing and a business and, you know, a budget that was bigger than most everybody else's in the world, faster than anybody else. He was the youngest senior VP of marketing of any of the ones. And so he, he had, but he was, he was really amazing. And his report was like amazing. And I was looking at the report and I was like, what is weird about this report? He's a marketing guy that follows orders. Marketing people don't follow orders. They're crazy people, right? You know, they can't Yes, I know that personally. <laughs> they can't organize themselves out of a paper bag. But his is like, I was like, oh, and I, I sort of grabbed some people and we said, oh, my God, that's that's it. His purpose is always to be the lead violinist in the orchestra. Now, what that looks like is you listen to the people in charge of the product and they set the tone and they've got the music. But boy, when you're the lead violinist, you're going to make a lot, a lot, a lot of noise. And you're very small. But boy, it's like when you come in, it's like everything changes and you drive the whole orchestra, Right. But you've got a conductor who's driving the whole thing and you are aligned with them in a way that everybody said he's the, the most amazing guy to work with because it's like it it's like, feels like synergy. And when he finally realized that that's what his purpose was, he, he started to cry because he said, you know, I've spent my whole most of my adult life thinking I made the biggest mistake I've ever made. What I realized today was is I'm always the lead violinist and sometimes... And playing the violin. And he, his soul, you could feel his soul be freed in that moment. It's like the shackles came off and he was free. And now he could do the marketing stuff and now he could go home and play the violin, but he would never have to feel like he was compromising. He was always, that's who's, who he is, not what he does. 
And that's what our purpose is. It's who we are, not what we do. It's who we are and how we show up in the world. That's one of the things I've learned from you. Well, here's a funny story. So I'm in a program. And, you know, I, I usually can't tell what people do. I mean, whatever. He was like, you know, whatever. And I sit down with this guy and I go, he's working. I says, so, so what do you do? He says, do you really want to know? I says, yeah. He says, I'm the managing director of Jif Peanut Butter. Oh. And I go, really? Are you kidding me? And I'm laughing because, you know, as a kid, I can still remember the first peanut butter and jelly sandwich I ever ate. It was with Jif Peanut Butter. And it was kind of like, I still remember the jar. I still remember the grape jelly. I remember the taste. And I was like, I thought I was, had died and gone to heaven. And I just thought it was great because I said, you know, I said, the, the gift of this is that purpose is for everyone. Even the guy who's the managing director of Jif Peanut Butter deserves to have a purpose. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to change the world. You just need a purpose. And even that, you know, as a kid, the memory of that Jif Peanut Butter it will be with me my whole life. And that is worth something. And there's kids around the world who deserve to have that moment, right? And so, I mean, the point is, is that purpose isn't about having it be a noble purpose. Noble purpose are dangerous. The purposes get you into trouble because they leave you behind, okay? Mother yeah. Teresa, at the end of her life, wrote in her journals that she felt like God had forsaken her and, and had forgotten about her. Well, I think what really happened is she gave her purpose to everybody else, but she never gave it to herself. Yeah. Well, and that lands with me because I, one of the myths that I wrote that I think stumped me for the longest time, or that it was a story I was telling myself is that your purpose has to be something earth shattering. Like it has to be headline news, it has to be world changing. And actually it doesn't. Purpose looks more like what you're saying. Purpose looks like that energy. Purpose looks like that clarity. Purpose looks like that visceral, you know, transformation. I think that's really important for all of us to recognize because I know for me, it was just like, oh my God, if I don't have like a Gandhi worthy purpose, I don't have a purpose. And I think that just shuts us down instead of opens us up. Yeah, being the polar bear mom is not Gandhi worthy, but I tell you, it really works for her. Oh my God. And I think, here's the thing. I think we all deserve causes that are amazing to go on. A cause is a strategy by which you fulfill your purpose and you have a beautiful cause. Mm. Okay. You know, I have a goal right now in the next five years to have half a million people, 500,000 people do get to figure out their purpose, get to do their purpose work. And it's a nice tight you can put it in a box, whatever. Okay, you can measure it. But the truth of the matter is, is it's a goal. Right? It's how I go about doing it that matters. Right? And how many of those are people in companies versus people who are high school kids or people that wouldn't normally get it? And how do you, oh, God, now there, now we're talking a little more interesting conversation, right? So that's all the stuff where purpose sort of starts to play with you. I love, okay, I just want to comment on that goal because, you know, it's like I I love fellow rebel souls who are thinking big. I mean, a big part of this, I described the podcast as like, hey, we're all people who are flipping the middle finger to the status quo and who really, truly want to have an impact in the world in some way. And you saying you want to take this work that you've been doing for the past 15 years and you want it to have incredible scale and impact to get to 
half a million people is so powerful. So how are you, I'm curious, how are you getting to those people? How do you give people access to this magic that you create? Well, originally we used to just do this for senior leaders and we still do that a lot. But we then about two or three years ago, somebody called me up and said, what could you do for 5,000? I said, well, $5,000, I'm not doing much. They said, no, 5,000 liters. And I was like, oh, okay. So we figured out how we scale it, where we leverage internal, some of the people inside these companies with us. And, and then they said, well, now we want to roll it out to the next 40,000. And I'm like, okay, we broke it again. So we figured out some of how we wanted to do that. So when I came up with this particular goal, which is more recent, uh, I wrote it down and then about a week later, somebody called me up and says, we'd like to do a program with you. I says, okay, but we like to do it with our top 6,000 in the next 18 months. I was like, ooh, that was a quick response to writing this thing down. I'm like, darn. You're manifesting like a mofo. Nice and, then says, and then I said, I should have put down a bigger number. Like a billion, my friend. I'm inviting you into the Impact Billionaires Club. Goodness gracious. Just when I was just trying to make it almost to a billionaire. Okay. Whew. I mean, my sense is that the world is now ready for this in a very different way than it was before. I think with the level of uncertainty. So one of the things that I'm clear about is purpose is the ultimate antidote to uncertainty. And why is that? Because I think all of our titles, all of our roles, all of the organizations that we've worked for are fragile right now. And I think many of them will be transformed in sometimes in the good, sometimes in the bad, but they will be changed dramatically. So all of those things are going away. And anybody who had a corner office and a car and wore suits and had an executive assistant and had all the trappings, well, they're all gone right now. And I don't know if they're ever coming back. So what is it that doesn't change? Well, I think the only thing that I know that has doesn't change is the essence of your purpose. And you can change the words over time. You can play with the words. That's fine. But the movie is always the same movie. And my sense is it's the one thing that doesn't change. It's the one thing that no one gives you. No one has authority over you. And says, no one says, oh, you're now ready to have, you know, you can have one now or not. No one can take it away from you. No one can steal it. No one can steal your purpose. They can steal your money, your identity, your credit cards. They can steal everything else. Everything else can be stolen by whoever it is, the Russians, the Korean, whatever, whatever. But they can't steal, they can't steal your purpose. So I think that even more now than ever, having something that doesn't change. It gives us a way to look at the world instead of looking at it from the perspective of the New York Times is helpful. Okay. Helpful. Not, it's not sufficient. There's a lot of other things we need like toilet paper and Lysol, but. And face masks. Face masks. Yeah. And a whole bunch of other things. But that's a powerful reminder of like our worth and that compass and, you know, what's guiding us and that little voice that's probably been kicking us for a while. Like we, you know, we underestimate and we're very often pretending not to know what it's trying to tell us. And this is a wake up call to listen, to listen deeply, because that is the thing that is going to guide us when all else feels uncertain. It's a powerful message. It's a place. That, so I have a post-it it's on all my computers. And it says, am I living my purpose in this moment? Okay. And I put it there because there's times when I don't think I'm living my purpose. And if I happen to look over, I go, oh, oh this would probably be a good time to switch step more fully into it. Because what's going on right now is probably not me doing my purpose part. So oh. I, it's a day, it's a moment by moment 
reconnect, reconnect. It's like you do never, you know, and the funny thing about for anybody listening, they're like, oh, we got to get one. I have to have one of these, right? Well, I think the only problem with getting your purpose is that you then get to see what the score is and you get to see all the places that you're not living. Yeah. So that's the booby prize. The booby prize is you go, oh, yeah. Oh, no. Okay. You know, that part, yeah. Personal life, no, sorry. Work life, yeah, doing a great job. I mean, many of the people I've worked with who are leaders, truth is that they were living their purpose at work because otherwise they wouldn't be in these jobs. But, ooh, baby, the personal life does not look pretty. There's lots of crying on that side. Lots of work to be done for all of us. For me, you know, my relationship with my two daughters has been one of the more gifts and challenges that could possibly be. And, boy, is there opportunities where I could have left my purpose a lot more. Well, and that's, that's the fulfillment part, right? To bring it full circle to what you, you know, helped us understand in the beginning is like, this is our purpose can lead us to this fulfillment, especially when we're feeling this emptiness. It's a pretty good sign that we have those gaps in our life, whether it's the work life, the personal life, the, the spiritual life, you know, relationships, whatever it is. But those are to be investigated if we want to be the authors of our life and if we want to feel filled up from the inside. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. You said it better than I could have said it. So I love that. Oh, thank you for thank you for that. I, I've loved this. I feel like I could talk to you for another two hours. And knowing that everyone is short on time these days, I, I wanna I wanna keep this to an hour. This has been one, I just want to thank you because you fulfilled your purpose. So you can put a little check next to that post-it right now on your thing that says, yes, I'm living my purpose in this moment because I just woke Shelly up to articulating her purpose. So, it's so cute. I love it. It's, but it's the truth. It's, I mean, I live for this shit. Let's be honest. Like this is the stuff that I can geek out on all day long. It's part of the reason I love you and your work and you just did it. And I'm truly grateful for that because I always, I'm not going to stop saying I'm on a mission to liberate a billion souls because I'm on a mission to liberate a billion souls. But that, that clarity and that energy around, you know, do you know, helping others create their Xanadu and doing it in an effing rebellious way is like now I've even committed those words. Like that feels so good when I say it. I didn't have to look at a piece of paper. That was awesome. I love it because you know the other one is just kind of a it's a serious goal, and I'm like, but I'm like the other part of me says, well, what happens after you hit the first billion? What are you going to do then? Well, then now, now I have my, now I'm reconnected <laughs> with my purpose. You know what? Here's the thing, Nick, if I'm lucky enough to still be alive and figure out even how to calculate a billion souls impacted, that is going to be the most amazing problem to have. Hey, I actually know somebody who's living and doing billions. She's, she's got, her purpose is to treat, to speak truth to power. As she says it is, is hope is not a lottery ticket. It's an ax that you use to break down the door. Ooh. And she works with all these nonprofit nonprofits, with senators, with congressmen and whatever. And she pretty, I think she's in a place where she has, she's the one person that can get billions and billions of dollars allocated to third world countries to deal with their infrastructure so that they deal with not just COVID, but TB and a number of the other terrible things that are impacting those parts of the world that most of us don't hear about. And when she sits in her purpose, she is able to get senators that you would never imagine that would agree to these things to do these things. And that's what purpose does. And so it can impact billions. 
There's no reason why not. Yeah. I believe that. I believe, I mean, what just came to my mind as you were saying that, and I I already love the sound of this woman's work, is our purpose is our power. Well, you know, it's a good place to, it's a good place, solid place to stand on. Oh man, yeah, to help, our purpose is our power and that's a, that's a place to start, right? Or place to come from, as my coach likes to say. All right, so as much as I hate to wrap this up, I, I can only imagine that everybody listening, our fellow Rebel Souls want to dig a little deeper into your work. So can you tell people where to find you and how to investigate this purpose stuff a little deeper? So website is coreleader.com. C-R-E leader.com. And so you can go to the website and then it will show you the events that we have coming up. We do some uh, free webinars, usually on some regular basis, but we also have public programs that we run three or four times a year as well. And there's always the book Leading from Purpose, which I wrote. Which I highly recommend to everyone. We will, by the way, we'll put, we'll put links to all of this in our show notes too as well, Nick. There you go. I love it. And this is stuff to look and and if you want to do what I did when I first discovered you in your work, I just, you know, I googled you and I watched a bunch of videos that you have. I mean, so you have a body of work out there, maybe some that's on your website as well, but you've got a body of work that will take, I mean, where you can literally see you taking people on this journey and them having the visceral reaction to discovering the articulation of their purpose. So it's really fun for anybody who loves this work or is curious about them for the, their themselves their team, you know, their work in, in the corporate world. Yeah, it's worth it's worth the the rabbit hole. <laughs> the rabbit hole. I just did a video, very short one, three minutes. It was about in praise of bad bosses. Oh. Is that on your website? Is that somewhere? It'll come out, it's coming out sometime in the next week or so. Okay, perfect. So it'll be out before this drops. So maybe you can well, sometime me- in there. Okay, awesome. So we'll put it we'll put a link in there because I would I would love that. This has been such a joy and it was just a nice treat for me to go on this journey with you. And thank you for waking me up to my purpose. So I hope that you've given others a glimmer of hope to, you know, to to know that it's possible for all of us because it's inside of all of us. Yeah, it's not as if it's not already there. It's more like we just want to be able to have you see it more clearly. Yeah, I love it. Don't worry about the silly purpose thing. Just tell the story of when you were a kid to somebody else and what was a magical moment and you will be in your purpose. And that's the important part. If you're in the movie, that's the important part. The title of the movie makes, who cares about what the title is? Just get in the movie. Oh, famous last words. We are going to end on that. Get in the effing movie, you guys. And then, yeah, let us know. Give us comments. Tell us where you landed once you got inside that movie and what some of those magical memories are that sparked your purpose. Thank you, Nick. I so appreciate you having this conversation and waking us all up. All right. Bye, Rebel Souls. Bye. Hey, Rebel. Thanks for listening. If you were inspired by what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review so our fellow Rebel Souls can find us. We have big work to do together. And if you want to dive deeper, head on over to my website at sylbatical.com and follow me at sylbatical on Instagram. Until next time, stay bold, brave, and badass, and never stop asking, what am I rebelling for?